Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. It's Tuesday, February the 21st. Always check the diary there, Sean, make sure I've got the right day and dates. I'm Tony Haggerty, at a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle, as you know. And I'm joined today by Sean Martin at Sean Martin TCW. Good morning, Sean. How are you doing? Not bad, Tony. Are yourself? Looking forward to this uh, press conference today, are you? I am indeed. I was just counting my fingers there. Five more sleeps, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Those of us who, who indulge in these kind of things. Yes, hence the title of the briefing today, Ange Postecoglou's <laughs> Cup Final Press Conference. That's what we'll talk about. But in the original one, we had Final Press Conference, but people were... Uh, yeah, it wasn't until, wasn't until <clears> I saw this comment, that's an alarming <laughs> title. There was one thing you can't accuse us of, and that's clickbait, Tony, but there's a, that's an alarming title, and I'm going, what's he talking about? And then I realised... Final rather than cup final final. Yes, uh, James, okay. We were alluding yeah. to the cup final press conference. Yeah. There's a, a Hamden press conference today, but a, a little thing called the League Cup final on Sunday. But uh, yes, we weren't making it final as in finite. No, we'll be addressing <laughs> that today. We'll be addressing various questions from media, of which one member will be myself. So yeah. hopefully, I don't get the mate treatment, Sean, but we'll come to that. Anyway, first things first, it is the last chance, Sean, to win two tickets the Rangers Celtic Cup final at Hamden on Sunday, February 26th. This is open to new and existing subscribers. You know what I'm going to say. If you're a new subscriber, it costs you pounds for three months for unlimited access to everything that's written on the website. And all, it's all for the click of a button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. If you're an existing subscriber, you'll have had an email in your inbox. You send that back to us, you'll be in the draw, and new subscribers will get the same email, fill it in, and the draw will take place on Thursday, February the 23rd, which is a couple of days' time. Someone will win those tickets, Sean one lucky subscriber, and you've got until 11.59 on Wednesday the 23rd to get those entries in. So get involved, guys. You could be at the cup final. And if you're there and you see myself and Sean, say hello. Uh, you know the drill. And we also say thank you to our sponsors, Seneca and the Celtic Way Morning Briefing is now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group. And Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe, and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments and you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. So we say thank you to them. Now, Sean, as we've said, Ange, addressing the media today. Yep. Good morning, mate. Yes, indeed. Good morning, Brian. Michael Ross. Hail, hail. My fellow sales. Yes, good shout. Andrew Galea, good evening from Melbourne. Scott McGill, morning. All. Morning, guys. Yeah, Ange will be talking today, Sean. What yep. will his message be, Sean, do you think? Do you think he'll just keep it on the down low or, you know, doesn't tend to get overly excited about stuff like this, does he? It's kind of he kind of sees it as his job, isn't it? You know, <laughs> very Roy Keane again there. Right? That's his job. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. I um, I'm not sure. Like, I think it's, he's probably going to treat it as every other presser. But then again, he did and he has said before that there's no point in telling the the players that it's the same type of game. Yes, uh, because everybody knows it's not. There's a trophy mm. at the end of it. Um, so that that will probably come into it. Uh, I was telling you before we went live that I dug out the. Do you know how know how we do the Q and A's, the, the yes. transcript of his, his pressers for the for the uh, for the website? 
most games, pretty much every game. Uh, so I went back. One of the benefits was it's already there for me to look at from the last League Cup final. Uh, so I went back and had a wee look at that. And it wouldn't have surprised me if he sees a lot of the same stuff, minus obviously the COVID implications, because that was, that was about back then, remember, Tony? It was December 2021. So that was a consideration back then. Um, but besides that, I think he might see a lot of similar stuff. Um, for instance, uh, the last time he said something along the lines that, well, first of all, he quoted Martin O'Neill in that, in that pre-final presser, Tony, because he said he was under no illusions that he had to try to bring some success to this football club. Uh, knows what he's doing, Ange. Has known what he's doing since oh, day one. Nice. Um, and then he, I'm going to read you a quote from it, right? And this is where it comes in. I think he might say something similar to this, Tony. Um, he said at the time, my experience is that it's not just another game, so there's no point trying to kid players. If you tell them it's just another game and then they walk out and get hit with a wall of noise and there's a bit of hoopla around the place and attention, then I don't want them to get stuck staring at the headlights and not moving. They understand it's a big game, but I prepare teams and I coach teams and we train for these occasions. That's what we do. We've got a game style that I think stacks up well in big games. So don't be surprised if there's a lot of the same type of things being said when you're there the day, Tony. Yes. I think it all still applies fundamentally. Yes, indeed. Yeah, of course it does. I mean, I think you, I, I, I agree with everything that you said there. You just sort of transmit that to mm-hmm. Sunday's game, don't you, to be perfectly honest? But yeah, there's a lot of merit in that, as you say, quoting Mark well, uh, citing Mark O'Neill, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. what, what can he say different to that? That's the thing, isn't it? Because the, the premise is the same. It's, it's not just any other game, is it? You've just said there is a trophy at stake and it's also against your city rivals. So it, it doesn't come much bigger. And this will be the first time that he'll have experienced playing Rangers in a final with, as he mm-hmm. says, everything on the line or something on the line. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he's actually, he actually says. And the reason he's facing the media today is that's part of the, the media duties that both managers uh, pick mm-hmm. a day uh, with the trophies on display and they... They both preview the game, so that's why he's doing it to answer uh, a couple of questions that are in the comment section there. So I mm-hmm. think it's, some managers choose to do it on a Friday, others choose to do it as early as possible. I think, I think Michael Beale be, chose yesterday, didn't he? Michael Beale chose yesterday. His media stuff with the players. Must have heard Sutton might have been the other day. Yesterday, indeed. And. And and just certainly speaking to the media today, don't know. I think there's another one on Friday, isn't there? Where the captains usually do their thing. I imagine it'll be Carl McGregor. I don't know if maybe Ange will do another wee one. Yeah, or, or so that's there. that's to to clear any kind of uh, questions that you had there. That that's why they're doing it. But they're they're media bound. or media their media duties to do this to preview the final for the sponsors and all that kind of stuff, and to let fans know what the, the thinking is. Uh, ahead of the game, so that's why they're appearing today. So Got to put this up, Tony. My ball saying press press conference. Nice to see that in the title rather than presser. And then two minutes later, one of us said it, but I don't know who said it. And he says, "Oh no, you're saying presser." <laughs> might, have been, might have been myself. It was myself. Fine. Uh, sorry about that. Just <clears throat> it's a habit, isn't it, that you're going to? Aye. Especially. Um, I. I mean, there's a few things coming in here. Um, about well, first of all, someone said one of the one of the members of the the media will get slaughtered as usual, and I'm just hoping it's not it's not you, Tony. You've had a mate before. Let's I've had a mate before, that, but I've had a good mate as well. Uh, so they, they can go two ways. 
I always premise that on it depends on the nature of your question, Sean. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Whether you get the mate treatment in a bad way or the mate treatment in a good way. So, you know, I uh, yeah. So we'll we'll see what he says. But I spoke to you off air about something that I might ask him, and mm-hmm. we both agreed that that was that was okay. We both thought it was. I a think um, idea, so. to be fair to him, when he's got to do, and I know he never done the one um, recently with John Kennedy stepping in, but he does a lot of these on a weekly basis, and, I, and when you spread that out over a season, I suppose to get asked roughly the same question yeah. in a different manner quite a lot. Whether And I'm not just saying that, whether it's broadcast, written, fan media, all of them ask roughly the same stuff. For Not everyone, but a lot of them ask roughly the same stuff in a different manner. It must get annoying for them. Um, and it is quite, I mean, it is quite, we were sitting discussing it for a while, it is quite difficult to come up with something that, that you think someone else might not ask as well. Yeah, and, that, and that's the trick, isn't it, too? But again, you, what do you always say? Listen to the man, watch the football. He likes to talk about the football, doesn't he? Uh-huh. He said the other week, why don't you ask me about the game? Why don't you ask me about training? Why don't you ask me about, you know, football things? So I, um, I think if you listen to him and you, you can maybe tune in and see what floats his boat or, or flicks his switch, whatever you want to think with that. And, he, and he's always very... It's always very good with his time if you ask him a football question that he likes, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of times. I mean, you asked him, you asked him, the one that sticks out for me was the one you asked him about uh, how he identifies a yeah. player, what he looks for in a player, the, the, the kind of, that yeah. kind of process, and he took you all the way back to... Um, Claire Fontaine. Claire Fontaine, yeah. I, that, that was a good one, I remember. You know, and, that, and that's the thing, if you ask him something that he kind of can get his teeth into and he can give you an example uh, of that, because... We usually do the Q&A and the Q&A, you know, there's, there's like about a couple of sentences, isn't it? Each question mm. and stuff. That one ran on for a long time. <laughs> so that, that's when Kenyon, he kind of knew that, you know, he was he was into the question and he, he gave you a complete and full answer. So that was... That well, was I remember that. It was, it was before a Champions League. I can't remember, but it was... Um, I remember him answering it and mentioning Claire Fontaine and, and saying that there was an older an older scout or an older coach yeah. that he spoke to when he was over there and the guy kinda of saying to him like you can have all these hundreds of kids and you can see different abilities, but there is a lot of it comes down to your gut instinct on that them as a person and them as a player and the combination of two of them. And to this very day he still mentions about the importance of a, a person as much as yeah. a player. So And the the great thing about that was Andrew's saying it because he was talking about that particular French coach he was bombarding him with questions, a bit like the same way the press bombard him with questions. So he was kind of saying, "Look, I've I've, I've got respect for that because I did the same thing to this guy." But eventually, you see, once you know, you know, and then mm. trust your judgment. So I think I'm just kind of saying, "Look, trust your judgment in terms of your questions that you ask me. Don't mm. be asking me the same thing over and over because it gets and repetitive." And my non says here, Tony, there's a mate. And there's oh. a mate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've had both. So yeah, I uh, and I said last week, <coughs> don't poke the bear. So yeah, indeed. Says PBG, we have faith in you, Tony. Yes. Uh, Andrew Galea coming in saying Ange knows that Tony is mates with Stevie Blair, so he'll be all ears. <laughs> You've actually mentioned that to Ange before, haven't you? Because yeah, uh, I mean Andrew will definitely know if he's mentioned it, but. If anybody's kind of new, Stevie Blair's that one. Ange Poster Coglu's best pals used to play football with him at South Melbourne. Big Celtic fan. He phoned him from Lennox Town, from right. Phoned him from Lennox Town. He did yeah. the night get a job, woke him up and told him. Uh, he was near tears, Stevie Blair. I think he said he actually did cry a wee bit. 
Um, and Tony did a big interview with him all the way back last summer, which is it still stands as my favourite one you've done, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, and he then, when he was in Sydney, met up for him for a wee bit of breakfast and recorded a wee TikTok video with him and, and spoke to him again and stuff. So uh, you did mention to Ange that you were quite part yeah. of it, Stevie Blair, didn't you? Yeah, I said to him, uh, I think it was after a Ross County game in Dingwall, and I said to him, I spoke to Stevie Blair, I said, he thinks the world of you, and Ange turned to me, oh, he's the best. I said, I don't know it. You know, I said, he's very king with his time. And he just said, ah, he was a great guy. So, uh, yeah, he does know that. Uh, and as I say, it was great to meet Stevie actually in person when I was out in Australia. That was one of the one of the great things about being there. I actually got to hook up with him, see him, and <coughs> excuse me. And he kindly did the TikTok, and he kindly sat down and gave me some more chatting and more of his time. So, yeah, great guy, Stevie. And he is the blurry that Ange Postacoglu has mentioned in a couple of interviews because they are tight. And uh, the first thing I got when I touched down was a picture of from Stevie Blair of him and Ange, the two of them together, and he'd sent it to me on WhatsApp, and he was like, just to let you know that I'm not kidding, the two of them were kind of smiling and laughing, so it was it was good to, to do that. So, yeah, as I say, it's it'll be interesting to see what the message is today, Sean, and, and what he's saying, and obviously it depends, I guess, a lot on, on what's been happening uh, recently, and if people will, you know, there's comments in here asking about will somebody bring up the Leeds thing again and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, that was, I mean, we, we spoke about this in the group chat, we weren't going to mention it um, because ultimately, I mean, the, the phrase you used was it sounds like a taxi driver rumour, which has just been repeated on the radio over in Australia, which as it stands is, is what I think about it as well, but it was basically uh, a radio host in Australia saying that he had some sort of source he never even said Scottish football, he said Australian football and suggesting that um, Ange Postacoglu might be leaving for Leeds at the end of the season if Leeds stay up. And I mean, again, as I said, we weren't going to bring it up. Um, part of the reason that that report rumour, I don't usually like saying rumour, but I think it is a rumour, um, said that was because of Harry Kuehl's presence as well. But for me, just to touch on it slightly, I think that makes it less likely, Tony, because as far as I understand yeah. it, Harry Kuehl's not particularly liked among Leeds fans now, um, both for the way that he left for Liverpool as a player and then more so for the fact that he moved to Galatasaray. Um, obviously, the fact that he played for Leeds when Kevin Spate and Christopher Loftus were stabbed um, and killed by Galatasaray fans back in 2000, so to then go to them, understandably, Leeds fans, I don't think particularly like that. Um so I think that makes it less likely if this is even more than a rumour to begin with. Yes. Beyond that, Tony, I checked earlier on, Yavi Gracia is 20 to 1 on to be the Leeds manager. So, <laughs> uh, manager. so Andrew's moved to 33s and I think the other team he mentioned him with was Nottingham Forest. They're actually doing all right. And Steve yeah. Cooper was getting manager of the year shouts last week and stuff. So I, I think it's a good <laughs> And as I say, I don't usually use that word, but I, I, think, that, I think that is what it is. We're well, only going to bring it up, but if somebody's mentioned it, then... The bookies yeah. don't usually get it wrong, Sean. I, yeah, I, we did sort of say we weren't going to bring it up, but there was lots of comments about it, so we just thought we would address it slightly, eh? And, uh, and move on. I, I mean, I can see now, I can see there's yeah. plenty of comments asking about it, but that's, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go any further than that. Nah, I don't particularly think it warrants any further yeah, comment, really, does it? No. Nah. Now, Sean, I did a, a newsletter yesterday. I wanted to throw this open to the contributors as well. And mm-hmm. today 
being, I say it's a lesser celebrated anniversary on the Celtic kind of calendar. And today I deemed it Charlie Tully Day. And there might be some people out there who watch the pod who can remember Charlie Tully or remember their parents or grandparents telling them about Charlie Tully. But today is the day that Charlie Tully infamously scored the two corner kicks at Brockville in a cup tie. Celtic won 3 2. Charlie plumped the ball down from a corner, swelled it into the net. The referee disallowed it, asked him to take it again. Q Bedlam, Charlie plumped the ball down again and promptly proceeded to put it in the net again. And uh, Celtic, that was the first goal of Celtic's comeback. They, came, they were 2 0 down, they came back to win 3 2. Now I've said that every 21st of February from now on, should be Charlie Tully Day. And I, it just got me thinking about other things and what other dates would Celtic supporters like to see mm-hmm. named after specific players. First one that sprung to mind for me was May the 9th, Harold Brackback Day. Because mm-hmm. that was maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. And then we Te- kind of... I mean, but, I mean, I, I, but technically, he, he, Tony, technically, Larson clinched the league title that day. Well... Yeah, Harold scored the goal that put it beyond any kind of shadow of a doubt, didn't he? So you can argue the toss on that one. So as I say, yeah, you can have Henrik Larson Day, all that. My ball said, my dad loved Charlie Tully and told me some great stories about him. Yeah, so I've I've written a newsletter. You can check it out. Sean put it up in the Uh comments there. And uh, yeah, this and this was the this was a guy who was a, a from what I read was a celebrity footballer. Sean long before that kind of came into vogue. Tully mania before Beatlemania, I think yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because the Celtic wiki site sort of said that as well, that there were yeah. seven Tully ties, Tully ice lollies, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, he seems to be the, uh, a real character. The, um, the, the Celtic wiki is a great site. You know, I, I love that yeah. site. But the, further down in it, they've got a scan of a feature that, that Charlie Tully done. Like he was, it's as if he's written it, but it was obviously speaking it and somebody wrote it down, I think. Um, like a ghostwriter thing, but it was in it was in first person, and he was basically saying that, that although he'd done it twice that day, he'd actually already scored from a corner kick the year yeah. before against um, against England in an international. For Northern Ireland, yeah, he did it the year before, didn't he? Is that right? And also, as well, he uh, I was going to lost my train of thought there. I was going to say it'll come back to me. Sorry about that. Uh, I was thinking about something that uh, oh, PPG well. comes in saying Charlie Tully was his hero growing up in the 50s. That's why he's been a lifelong Celtic fan. Him and Willie Fernley, another blast in the past there, Tony. Yes, indeed. That's what I was going to say. It was Charlie Tully who gave rise to the old joke, wasn't it? Because it was it was unknown to me that Celtic went to Rome in the 50s, uh, mm-hmm. played Lazio, and they granted an audience with the Pope. And then there was, uh, there was a famous picture similar of Charlie Tully and the Pope, which gave rise to that joke. Who's that next to Charlie Tully? <laughs> Which uh, has been adapted down the years to mm-hmm. to suit other people, you know, many footballers being the kind of uh, subject of that. But I think that was where it originated from. The, the, the original joke was, "Who's that standing next to Charlie Tully?" <laughs> and from being that he was more famous than the Pope, so I, I uh, it's just someone who should be lauded a lot more, I think, as a Celtic footballer, Sean. Yeah. Right. Tales about him and Pete G there saying, I, I think uh, him and Willie, Willie Fernley's another name as well. well when, I, when I read that there, Tony, when I hear it and I see the words and Willie Fernley, I can't help but play the scored as well. But, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. 
uh, and like guys like Bobby Evans as well, you know, people like that. Yeah. And and I've always said that uh, I always think that they should sing the John Thompson song at Celtic Park as well. Uh, mm. At some particular juncture in the match, we used to do it with the, you know, the, the 67 minute with the lights. They should pick a minute to, you know, to sing the John Thompson song, even just a chorus and a verse. I've always thought that just to keep that link to the heroes right. of the past as well, you know. So just always something that I thought would be worthwhile because John Thompson's song, and this story's particularly sad, but it's still a great song, you know. And uh, I think uh, it should Celtic fans should sing it at, at some point or. I, no, should won't tell them what to do, but I just think it'd be a great thing to do. It'd be a wonderful tribute, you know. On, uh, on Charlie Tully, when me, you, and Kevin did were um, greatest eleven revisited, try to pick a bench and stuff. He he got a mention, but he didn't make the bench as far as I, I can remember. He didn't he didn't get the consensus yeah. bench nod, um, which is perhaps a bit of an oversight when you think about it. But it's probably because all we've got to go on is stories, Sean. I guess. No, I know, but like when you think Bobby Evans getting it. Yeah, um, as well. So, uh, I, I, I mean, David Alan, Logan. I, I mean, I, I, I chose Alec McNair. I certainly didn't see him. So. <laughs> <laughs> David Logan, third of me, Albert Kid Day. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, it was just uh, it was just a weekend idea that we. Brian Brian Roberts coming in another one who saw Charlie Tully play, saying that's one of the joys of being eighty. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, saying his mother still talks about Charlie Tully. She remembers watching him. See, I, I love this kind of stuff. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, I love this stuff because I've, apart from the the two scoring direct from a corner kick twice, you know, these are the reference points that people like yourself and myself have, Sean. <laughs> Epic jokes, PPG. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, but yeah. It's uh, and I just think <laughs> it's a weird. Sorry, Pete McGee says. By the way, my dad met the Pope in Belhouston Park back in the day. And did they say who's that guy with Mr. McGee? <laughs> <laughs> well, my father met the Pope in Edinburgh because he went to Murrayfield that day as well, didn't nah. he? So, uh, my father met him, yeah. So I, I don't know if there's a picture of my father and uh, John Paul II, but I'm sure there's somewhere kicking around. But yeah, mm -hmm. I don't think he ever got that treatment, though, who's, who's that next to, to Danny Haggerty, you know what I mean? But, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, I think, um, Tony, you, you mentioned Brat Pack. I mentioned Larson in response, but seeing re realistically, you'd need a whole year for the moments for Henrik Larson for a Henrik Larson day, wouldn't you? Of you'd course, I have a day with Henrik Larson um, day, wouldn't it? But I'll throw another one at you, right? And, and this is this is uh, in keeping with the League Cup final theme, being being at Derby Cup final week. Uh, Darren O'Dea Day. Yes, 2009. 15th of March. Yes, 2009, 15th of March. Uh, I'll, I'll proffer that one for you. To you. I think uh, that was a great day. That was a that was a Darren O'Day. Uh, that will stick now. That sticks in the mind. You probably just be best calling it Darren O'Day. <laughs> Darren O'Day, aye. <laughs> yeah, the fifteenth of May. Did you say March? Sorry, fifteenth of March. Fifteenth of yeah. March. Yeah, fifteenth. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. I uh, that's that's a good one considering it's a kind of League Cup final theme. And there's also you maybe fourth of December. I would be either Murdo McLeod Day because Murdo scored that screamer uh -huh. uh, against Rangers in the League Cup final. Uh, O'Hamden in the rain. For those who were maybe uh, unfortunate to be there, it was teaming it down that day. But Murdo scored the screamer and Celtic went 2-0 up. Charlie had scored the first, Charlie Nick. And uh, Celtic won 2-1. Uh, Kevin Ferrier, yes, we do get your messages, don't we, yeah? Yep, aye, but I think what he's referring to is trying to get the entry form to the ah. thing, and I have actually, Kevin, I sent it to you last night, I sent you just the entry form, 
So let me know if it worked. Um, what else have we got? We've got Will McMillan saying Bobby Evans used to empty the money box on our TV way back when you had to put coins in it. Great guy. I like to hear that that they were uh, footballers were great guys, but I, I, you know, it's just a, it's one of those things, isn't it? I, we just sort of looked at on this day and that one kind of leapt out at us, Sean, didn't we? We thought we'd have uh, you, you'll know like this because because uh, it's King Kenny. Uh, my uh, Northampton Tim says Michael Billy is always on about Charlie Tully. Said to him, Kenny Douglas, good player. No way, Charlie Tully's better. Well, I, I'm only, I, I'm only going what. My my knowledge, I'm I'm willing to accept it. I mean, I'm told Charlie Tully was absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant, a genius, an artist, a shuffler. <laughs> uh, there you go with the ball at his feet. So I I'm perfectly willing to accept that that these guys were possibly better than than mm-hmm. Kenny Douglas. You know, I would reluctantly accept that because you know my feelings towards King Kenny, mm-hmm. the, closing the name. But and and of my lifetime, I'm talking about my lifetime. There's fewer players, Celtic players being better than Kenny Douglas. Just that's just my thoughts. Uh, Kaiser coming in saying Larson's would need to be the Larson long weekend. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, says, "What about bad days that stick in the memory?" I'm going to veto that, Tony, because this is a week leading up to a cup final. You don't. Correct, want the Ange Leeds rumor was negativity enough for the day, I think. But speaking uh, of sticks, we'll beat that down with a stick. <laughs> no, that is. Um, well, Will, said negativity, don't need it. No, beat that down. Uh, that negativity. Uh, Will McMillan saying Frank McGarvey, presumably diving header. Yeah, 85 mm-hmm. cup final that would be so that would be sometime in May. So we need to dig the date out for that. But yeah, there, I think uh, there you go. So mm, Derek Crawford's put in a bad day in the comments, but we'll not flick that up. Tully was literally sitting the balls here in the game, says Pete McGee. Yes, quite a few of those kind of artists or players, Mavericks, used to do that. And I think mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson did it, George Best did it, didn't they? It's, a, it's a very Maverick thing to do, isn't it? And, and yeah. you, you spoke to, uh, well, if you read the newsletter, you'll see who spoke to that, that remembers watching Charlie Tully, uh, remembers the kind of hype about around, like, we really need to check the paper. Did he actually score mm-hmm. twice from a corner kick, all that kind of stuff um, back in the day? And he, he Said a wonderful thing, which is some players are just born to be idiosyncratic. Yes, but that wee bit, that wee bit different to the rest of them, do a couple of different things. And Maverick is a word for it as well. But I like that. I like the way that. They yeah, do that. and I like that too. Uh, and to be fair, uh, for those who are privileged to see Charlie Tully, then I'm, I'll, I'll bow to that. Uh, Andrew Reid coming in saying George Conley. I'm assuming that will be the Cup Final '69. Uh-huh. He took the ball off John Gregg and walks around the goalkeeper, so that would be a date in me, wouldn't it? So, yeah. I mean, 65, 65 Cup final, could you could you call that the Betty Old Day, maybe? Betty Old Day. Two goals. Yeah, um, two right. goals against that kind of signalled the start of everything else that was to come. Yeah, I don't know, Billy McNeil got the winner, but Betty Old was. Lars were responsible for the kind of comeback twice. I think Dunfermline led in that twice. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would I would go with Bertie all day on that. Maybe Big Billy will get his moment. Watch the game. I just um, um, Brown Warriors comment. Marath check trapping it with his Erche up the levels of Derry Air Football. Superb comment. I like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing, isn't it? And I mean, uh, apart from goals, you're talking about kind of moments that somebody did something pretty extraordinary. Scoring direct from a corner kick was pretty extraordinary. 
I mentioned Harold Black because that goal kind of signaled the end of the 10 and Rangers dominance. <laughs> Lugo was the Terry. Terry, Terry. He's also on the day, Brown Warrior, isn't he? <laughs> that, those kind of things that stick out in your mind. I mean, uh, lots of players I remember for scoring goals and stuff like that, scoring important goals. And, and that's fair enough, I get all that. But that feat by Tully is just, it's, I mean, you do still read it and think, that, that can't have happened, or it's folklore, it's fantasy, but, you know, to do it once is kind of, you know, lucky. To do it twice is showboating, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> and then standing back and going, well, <laughs> what, did you, what did you expect me to do? You know, to have the skill to actually do that, and, and also to attempt it again, knowing that we scored from the first one, like, let's be on our guard for this, and to actually execute it. I just think it's just a, it's a wonderful, wonderful, I'd love to have been there. There are moments in Celtic's history where you love to have been there, and that, that's an, that's another one that I would love to have been there to see that. There's a few players, in, in just not just Celtic, although he is an ex-Celtic player, I'm thinking Andy Ritchie scored from a few corners as well. Yeah. Um, but there's players, and they're all... Put it this way, you're not going to try and score from a corner kick unless you would fall under the title of Maverick, right? <laughs> you're, not going to even, you're not even going to think to attempt it, much less twice in the same game, one after the other. Yeah, of course. And, that, and that's the thing. So, yeah, I mean... It's funny because it, this was just a kind of throwaway from today's briefing, but lots of people get involved, really, really like this. I love talking about stuff like this. And, you know, what else can you say in the lead up to a cup final, except that it's, you know, once once Friday comes, we'll do the predictions and lineups and all that. But you can conjecture all you want, can't you? Sean, about what's going to happen and who's going to say. And then obviously tomorrow we can talk about what Andy said. So that's fair enough. But there are kind of, Days in the calendar where you're just like, well, they're kind of dead in that sense, aren't they? But we've managed to sort of talk about this yeah, for a wee while. And I, I don't know about you, but I love it. <laughs> Tony, uh, no, it's, good. it's like when me, you and Kevin done that greatest love. And we spent, what, an hour and a half or something? Yeah. Just uh, just waxing lyrical about, about Celtic greats and stuff. It's, it's, it's ideal. But I'm going to put this up. Sean Malloy, Johnny Doyle Day for doing what we would have all loved to do, uh, which is obviously kicking the ball off the referee during the game, I presume, is the one he's talking about. Uh, shout out Johnny Doyle, CSC Greenock, my old bus as well, so I know all about Johnny or, or Doyle. Or maybe just signing for Celtic, Sean, because Johnny Doyle... Could be that, aye, it could be that. Could and, be uh, Celtic fan from the I'm going to go with the referee one, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure that's what you mean, yeah, definitely. But the Brown Warrior comes in and says the four-each game at Ibrooks in 86 when Murdo rattled it from outside the box. We'd love to have been there for that. Well, that was my first ever game at Ibrook, Sean, my father took me at that. I was in the main stand and talk about a roller coaster of emotions of a game. 2 0 up, 3 1 up, 4 3 down, a man down, and my door picks out a screamer. And it was just one of those brilliant. I think it's fair to say, I think both teams get applauded off the park because the conditions were terrible. You'll have seen the highlights, I think Scott spoke did the highlights, but just a, a wonderful game of football. Uh, and yeah. That was that was my introduction to Ibrooks. They weren't all like that, sadly. But, uh, Kevin Ferrier saying, yes, remember when Johnny Doyle got sent off for hitting the ref with the ball, and then Sean Malloy coming back and saying, no, Tony, it was definitely the referee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did Steve not try and send them back on at one point? Well, no wonder. I mean, uh, when you think about it, obviously it's a laugh and looking back and stuff like that, but at the time, no wonder he was incandescent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Derek Crawford comes in, okay. 
What about the best goal anyone has seen from Celtic at Hamden in a cup final? To be honest, Tony, recency bias, I know that Kyogo winner last season must be up there for me. Um, just in, in terms of the manner in which it, 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 when it came and the finish and the fact that it epitomised the we don't stop thing because Rogic thought to take the quick free kick, Hibs players yep. weren't ready, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm go- I think I might go with that one. Oh, it's a wonderful goal, yeah. I mean, uh, I can still remember David Problem's free kick, 85, Q Arts and McPherson. Mm-hmm. Only twice before in the history of the Scottish Cup final have goals been scored direct from a free kick. Mm-hmm. Is this a little bit of history? It is. <laughs> you know, you just don't forget moments like that was the first Cup final I was at as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just an individual moment. And I, and I guess if you were at the 7 1 League Cup final in 57, Mm. And, and, and the sad thing about that is, I mean, there's there's footage, but it's kind of grainy and it's it's not great, is it? So uh, most people will, uh, if anybody was at that, then they would tell you that was a, a wonderful day, and obviously in Celtic's history as well, and some great goals scored that day. But I, it's it's very difficult. I mean, two goals that were in finals, which actually Celtic lost, but I but I thought were brilliant, were scored by the same player, and that was Brian McClare. One in the League Cup final in 83, when Burns dinked it over the wall and he rattled it in on the volley. And then the second one was the 86 League Cup final when he hit a screamer into the top corner. And they're just never spoken about, obviously, because Celtic lost both matches. But mm. they're two terrific goals in a, in a Hamden final. It's a pity they weren't. Uh, they didn't mean a lot more. Uh, but the, McClure scored two crackers at Hamden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodriguez was another favourite. Aye, well, yeah. The invincible goal. Mm. Yeah, of course, I, of course, I. The moment made even better by the fact that I was off that day, couldn't go to the game, but had Rogic on to score when I saw him warming up. So, That's uh, you know what it was like. I was I was working on Aberdeen the last time. I I knew what it was like against Aberdeen anyway, so I was kind of like, ah, that's that's good odds there. That's good odds. So shoved him yeah. on to score, and then not only did he score, but he scored the winner of an invincible treble. So yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, Rodgers was a freeze-frame moment in time, wasn't it? From the moment he picked yeah, up. As soon as, I mean, I don't know about you, but as soon as you, as soon as you mention that, you see the image. Yeah. Like the image of him running away with the the the, yeah. the arms pulling out his, his top and stuff. But and and another image of that is Craig Gordon. And also just the 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 celebrations, as my nephew said to me, I I lost the plot at, at that, but. That's <laughs> Yeah, my first game was nineteen. Yeah, I was putting Robert Davies up saying it. Ah, his first game was nineteen sixty seven. Cup final five three one over Dundee. He was nine, and it was an all night sailing from Belfast. Commitment, Tony. And very much so, Robert. Yeah, excellent. Last one against Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. That's the drag back. I think he's talking about the five side goal when he ran clean through and just shuffled it past the goalie. Did Henrik score a cup final hat trick? I Beach Boy says. His last season was at double. He scored twice like, against the The hat trick was in the Commander game that we're just referring to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored three in the three 0 win over Commander League Cup final. Dixie Deans against Hibs. Oh, sorry, it was just in, Kaiser's in, the cool goal. The poster stuff for Ange Ball. He says, "Yeah, that's the one yeah, you referred to last season League Cup final." Aye, aye. Yeah, and huge moments. Says Derek Crawford was Piers versus Yerji the header. Yeah, mm-hmm. big moment. Celtic's first trophy in six years. Yep, indeed. So lots of comments coming in. Love this kind of stuff, Sean. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spot on, Sean. Kyogo's was class. I, I think a, a lot of love for Kyogo because that wasn't meant to happen, was it? Celtic were supposedly in a rebuild. 
and it came Aye. very early, came in the December and Celtic, you kind of knew that this was a man, and then that kind of embrace where he grabs him like his son. Uh, after he was the, also, um, he wasn't was meant to play. He wasn't meant to play, I was also injured, he was, um, mm. and then he started the game. And again, just in the manner in which it happened, the fact that Hibs had taken the lead, it Obviously, the, the equaliser was pivotal because it was right away and it just basically just eliminated the fact that they had equalised. But for then, Kyogo to, to win a cup final with that type of strike, that composure, that technique, but as I say, also Rogic and the we don't stop thing. If, if ever there was a time to epitomise what the managers have been telling yeah. you for the last three months, four months, it was in a cup final. And for it to be Tom Rogic, the guy who'd played under him before, and Kyogo, the guy who he took right away from Japan as soon as he could get him, to combine for that goal and the Hibs defenders are kind of looking about going surely that's not allowed <laughs> um, but, I think it just everything about it I thought was, was brilliant and the fact that we were both there to see it live as well So I remember saying that to you at the time that I'll remember this one because we were yeah. both there and it and it meant a lot uh, in, in that sense to me working in a working capacity mm-hmm. covering like Celtic in an actual final which was which was wonderful so yeah that's I mean well, it is a the, the build up to that game again last year. Um, I said about the COVID stuff and all that, but do you remember what what game directly preceded the cup final last year? Mm, because no. he mentioned it at the time, right in that in that um, pre cup final press conference, he said it was a balancing act that they had had a fixture only a few days before it, compared to this time where they've had over a week off before mm-hmm. it, um, where they've got aye, over a week between games, but. It was uh, it was Dingwall, Tony Ralston's winner. Ah, right, was it? You know, remember that was in the cup final was the nineteenth. Ah, and and obviously you could have been getting into the cup final and maybe not a different mindset. You know what I'm supposed to call it like, but it would have taken a wee dent to your confidence if you went up to Dingwall and it was one one and you dropped points and you were still behind in the title race uh, to the well a couple of points further behind in the title race, all that kind of stuff. But Ralston pops up with that ninety seventh minute winner. And they go into the cup final without any time to really think about anything else other than that high, probably. Um, yeah. I think I think that maybe it gets forgotten about a wee bit that that was the game that directly preceded it. Ah. Also, gets forgotten about that Ralston never played, never started the, the final after that. But... It's still two pivotal moments, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Quick succession, and do you think it's any any coincidence that there was? I know they were already on their unbeaten run at that point, but Jinx a coincidence that from that week on. There was almost just no stopping them. Yeah, no, not not particularly. No, I mean, but since then they've only lost one domestic game. Hat well, two, mm. one to St. Martin. Well, domestic, yeah. aye, they lost in the cup semi final, but yeah. league game, uh, St. Martin. The stars are lying, Sean. Yes, I think there's a lot of that saying that the stars are lying that day. Ralston's late one other epitomised that, that season. That season, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, it's. Uh, you, you always, when it comes to cup finals, there's always moments that you replay in your head, isn't there? And mm-hmm. uh, because of the nature of the team you support, there's lots of magical moments. But in recently, but I love all the kind of ones that go back in the midst of time as well that people remember. And I think it's always great to talk about them. And Aye. hopefully, there are more moments, Sean, on Sunday. Starting on Sunday, yep. Uh, yep. Brown Warrior saying he's fairly sure that two Celtic players scored four goals each in the same cup game in the 60s. Possibly Lennox and Charles. Oh, I'll try and look that up. Aye. That's, that's, um, that's a feat. That would be I'd a feat. imagine maybe an early round cup game. Possibly. Like yeah. Usually, 
no, no offence to any kind of half Airdrie fans on, but Airdrie seem to strike me as a team that get dubbed in the cup quite a bit. That might be, might be that. But <laughs> yes, indeed. Now Kaiser's coming in with an early score prediction, seven 0 Sunday. There you go. That's mm-hmm. optimistic to say the least, Kaiser. But hey, if that's what you genuinely think, so be it. We've flipped up your comment. I'm going to flick one last comment up, Tony, that I highlighted earlier on, just so we can... Uh, cause, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right, Pete McGee says, without trying to compare teams past and present, which he thinks is pointless, the thing which makes this squad stand out for him above any others, many others, sorry, is that it's got such depth. And then he says, it's well nigh impossible to pick a starting 11. Now, Tony, I've asked you and Aidan and myself to do just that, not as a predicted 11, you understand, not as a predicted 11 for the weekend because that is a specific game. But I've asked the three of us, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get this tonight. We like to go extra where we pub debate sometimes, don't we? Um, so I've says same similar to what me and you done last year, Tony, after the January <laughs> transfer window. I says, now this is not for a particular game, but what can you justify as the strongest 11 possible if everyone is fit and fine? And what's your rationale for it? So the three of us, me, you and Aidan, have, have kind of come up with our 11s. They are different. They're not the same. And um, it's not the same 11, for instance, as I'll be picking for Sunday. Um, just to get that out there right away. It's, it's what I think is the strongest 11. It's not necessarily what I think will, will, will be the game, uh, the 11 on Sunday. So if you are interested in seeing if Pete McGee's correct and it is an eye on impossible task, or if we've managed to somehow do it, or if I've just annoyed you by picking certain players, then... Either subscribe to the newsletter or come back to the site tomorrow morning and it'll be it'll be up. Brilliant. That's forty odd minutes here, guys, of top chat. Love all that kind of stuff. We'll move on to hopefully a wonderful Wednesday. We'll dissect what Andrew said today. I'm away to see the boss man. Hopefully don't get the mate treatment on hair dryer treatment by <laughs> but, uh, yes, uh, we'll see what he says. Look really looking forward to it, to be fair. I just like listening to him. I think every Celtic supporter likes listening to him and what he has to say. Uh, so there we go. But just direct you again. Got to get involved in this, guys. Ends tomorrow night, 11.59. Uh, fill in your forums. It's open to new and existing subscribers. If you're a new subscriber, it costs you a pound for three months of unlimited access to everything that's written on the website. Something there for everybody. I guarantee it. And uh, when that email drops into your inbox after you've subscribed, fill it in, send it away. And existing subscribers, look out for that email, fill it in, send it away. One lucky subscriber is going to be at the cup final on Sunday at Hamden, Celtic versus Rangers. And whoever that is, good luck. Uh, hope you get those entries in. It's the last chance to do it. So I advise you to do it. And it's all for the click of a button. www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe that's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe i've really enjoyed the show today sean i've gone gone forever and ever but sadly it can't but we also say thank you to our new sponsors and the celtic way morning briefing is now sponsored by seneca medical group and seneca are the number one hair transplant company in europe and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments and you can find out more about seneca via the links in the description of this video Guys, cheers for everything today. You always get involved. You never let us down when we throw it open to you. And it gives us jumping off points for discussions and all that. So excellent stuff as always. Sean, brilliant. First class as always. Take care. Have a cracking Tuesday. We'll see you on Wednesday. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, guys.